Hello, and welcome back to Hollywood at Home with the Creative Coalition, hosted by Robin Bronk. It's your moment to hear the unfiltered backstory of Hollywood's biggest stars. So sit back, relax, and listen in, as today we have the pleasure of welcoming one of the stars of Universal Pictures' film Knock at the Cabin, Abby Quinn, to the hot seat. Abby Quinn, you are starring in the upcoming M. Night Shyamalan film Knock at the Cabin. Tell me about that project and your character. Yes, so I play Adrian in Knock at the Cabin, and we shot in Philly couple months ago in the spring for about five weeks. And my character is a line cook and she, I think is in her mid twenties. She's a very hard worker and sort of, I think is also very anxious and sort of like the manifestation of anxiety, at least um, that's how I, I found her to be. And after talking with Knight, I think, yeah, that's a big part of her, but she's very nurturing and, and caring as well. And I don't, want to give too too much away. It's tricky to talk about the plot, but um, the movie begins with a couple and their daughter and they're going to vacation in a remote cabin. And then four strangers hold them hostage and and knock on their cabin and invade their space and and force them to make a bunch of difficult decisions to, to save their lives, to save humanity. So and then from then on, it gets just very crazy and scary. But yeah, there are, there are a lot of heartwarming moments too. And it's it sort of has everything. Yeah, it's yeah. But I don't want to get too much. I mean, it's categorized as an apocalyptic horror film. Mm-hmm. It's your first horror film. It, is this your first? Is this your first apocalypse? Is my first apocalypse? Oh well, yes. This is my second horror film. Since then, I've done another one, and I. I don't know how that all started happening. I, I think it's very coincidental because none of them had, I, I sort of got each role before any of them had come out or anyone had seen them. So just so happened that these were all being made. And yeah, so now I've made three, but this was my second. And I don't watch a ton of horror. I, I really like it, but I'm just really scared, very easily scared. So I don't watch a ton but so it's, it's been interesting to be on the other side and actually be making them. What was it like? I'm a horror, a horror fan and I'm a night fan. So tell us something about behind the scenes. Like what was this, what was, without giving things away, what was there challenging moments for you? Yes, I think, I mean, the whole movie is pretty high intensity and emotionally it, most of the characters are at like their their peak of emotion and intensity and anxiety and um, for various reasons. But I would say pretty much the whole shoot for my character is was requiring me to be at this very very emotionally intense peak for for about five weeks. And I think that was a day in particular. It I just sort of had this big emotional release, like when I went to go eat lunch. Really? Yeah, <laughs> I think it's like, you know, none of it is happening and, and the emotions aren't coming from this, it, but the emotions are coming from a real place, even though the actual situation isn't happening. So I think it was just a huge buildup of a couple of weeks. And then I just went to my room for lunch one day and was just on my couch, like sobbing, but it didn't feel like, yeah, yeah, yeah which was kind of 
it was nice at that point because it, it was like, it did feel like a big release. So, and I just remember that day in particular, it was very difficult, but also kind of alleviating because I finally felt like I could just let go of something. And it was also interesting because most of the movie takes place inside the cabin and, you know, it was built on a, on a stage. So we're walking into a soundstage every day into this cabin and it's beautiful and looks so real. Where, where did it shoot? Where, where did it actually shoot? Right outside of Philly. I'm forgetting the, the name of the town, but it was like 30 minutes outside of Philly. We were all staying near Rittenhouse Square. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. And yeah, so it wasn't too far, but that was also an interesting thing because we, you know, we were seeing the same people every day, seeing the same set every day. It was like cabin fever, but yeah. then stage fever. So yeah, it was like a mind warp for a couple of weeks, which added to the intensity of everything. So you started, you were at Carnegie Mellon? Yes. Acting, which is, you know, the ultimate of the ultimate. Yes. Yeah. I went um, after high school and then was planning on taking a gap year in LA and then ended up staying. So I got my, my year of college at Carnegie Mellon, which I feel very... That's what Carnegie Mellon wants to hear for their marketing. I got my Thank year. One year. But it was, I'm thankful that I, now that I've had some distance and didn't have the entire college experience, I'm, I find myself wanting that as I get older, you know, like feeling like I missed out in some way, but I, I do feel lucky that I at least even had a year because I did learn so much. And it also just allowed me to form really incredible friendships and connections. And then also really, I felt like I zeroed in on what I love about acting and what kinds of roles. So it's very helpful, even though it was, it was one year. Oh, I mean, you know, a day at Carnegie Mellon has got to be, you know, a day of brilliance. Yes. So yeah. And you got in. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I got in. Yeah. You, you've done a lot of television too. Yes. And, um, one, you know, I, I loved uh, the reboot of Mad About You, which, you know, I was around for the original Mad About You and you played Mabel Buckman. How did you find yourself in that role? So it feels like so long ago, but it wasn't. It was just pre-COVID. That's which- right. I was thinking, well, I was looking at your IMDb and I was thinking, like, when was it? In 2019, in normal years? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it sort of happened right. Like the, the premiere of the show was a couple months before COVID, but it does feel like it's been decades. But that was such an incredible experience. And I hadn't, I hadn't done that type of television on a stage and we had a live audience and I just became such a big fan of, of the original show and of Paul and Helen. And it was really a lot of the time, like the three of us in scenes together and we got to rehearse throughout the week. And then it kind of reminded me a lot of doing theater as a kid because we had so much rehearsal time. And then at the end of the week, shot the episode. And yeah, it, it was so much fun and really wasn't like anything I'd done before, at least professionally. So I hope to do something like that again. And I, yeah, I loved working with Paul and and Helen and it felt it felt fun to just enter in on a established family already because they you know know each other so well and love each other how, how did you I mean because they do they know each other so well you know you know they, they just they probably had a rhythm 
So how did you find, how did you prepare for Mabel? How did Mabel, who is their daughter, right? Tell us about the character because it is such a beloved child. Yeah. So I, I feel like most of the preparation was in watching the show because they do have an episode with Mabel all grown up and that, that was nice to, to pull from. I didn't want to mimic what had already been done, but it, it was very helpful to, to see their take on it in the original show. And also it just, I think I learned a lot watching the show and imagining Helen and Paul being my parents and how their relationship in inferring what their relationship could have, how it could have impacted my childhood and who I am as a character. So it was really, really helpful to just have like an endless, sort of an endless place to, to study and take information from for my character. And I think, I mean, their rhythm is so specific and the writing was so specific. So it was kind of felt easy to find who Mabel was right off the bat. And I think on paper, she's kind of snarky and the show picks up when Mabel is going to college. So she's sort of in between adulthood and like teenage angst. And I didn't feel that far. Like those memories for me were still pretty new, even though I didn't feel like that person anymore. I could like tap into. Is that like the the snark era of teenage girls, perhaps? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And it was fun. And I know they, yeah, they just felt connected to the character as well. Like they were so worried about and cared so much about the integrity of every character, even outside of their own. So it felt like they were really tuned into Mabel and wanted to help me get there and find that angst and find the, but also find the love because there is so much love in that family. And they, they're two, you know, great professionals in comedy, in drama. Did you learn anything surprising? Any lessons from them? Oh, yeah. One? Yeah. I mean, I guess what comes to mind with both is um, it is kind of a intense environment, I guess, in the fact that, you know, we're doing an episode a week and there's so much rehearsal and, and lines to memorize and, and blocking. But it always just kind of felt like they really loved what they were doing. So at the end of the day, it was very, very fun for them. Like I just imagine Helen and Paul at the, you know, when we would have table reads and every time they were just hysterically laughing and joking around, like even though it was their their baby and they wanted to get it right. I think my memories of the experience are really them having so much fun and laughing and just wanting to share that with everyone, which is, it's a great place to, to be and to work. So I, I feel like I learned, <laughs> learned that, that I want to have experiences like that and work with people like that because they exist. And then also being so professional, like they, they always, you know, and, and they are, so they, they knew exactly what they were doing and exactly the intention of everything, you know, none of it was sort of flimsy. Like they, they just know their characters and, and the story and the world that they created. So yeah, it was so was much the environment because they were so comfortable in these characters, but did you feel like you could give and take a little or make suggestions or I, how, how did it work on that particular show? Was it by the script or? Um, I think in terms of, I, if I'm remembering correctly, it, it, it was pretty word for word. I don't think we, maybe we were improving a lot, but I remember we could improv through the week and then by showtime, it was pretty much set. And I do remember 
just throughout the audition process. I had a couple rounds of callbacks and I got to meet them, Helen and Paul, a, a few times. So I remember in that period, it felt like we were exploring together about who Mabel is and how she would say a certain line and why. So I felt like a lot of my growth and discovery within the character happened almost before I even got the role because I did get to meet with them. And yeah, I mean, they also weren't like scripts were changing kind of all the time. So it it wasn't throughout the week before we would film. So it did feel like if we have an idea or we want to say something a certain way, um, it always felt like we could, like any character could approach Helen and Paul and and talk, talk it through and approach the showrunner. So yeah, nothing, nothing felt set in stone until showtime. And you have really, you've done a lot of really interesting TV. You did Better Call Saul. Yes. Did you find it intense? Giancarlo Esposito, who, who's one of the stars of that, yes. is a member of the Creative Coalition. I've known him for a long time. What a sweetheart of a guy, but I think he's pretty, his character was pretty intense. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I was there for, I think only two days, but I, I remember wanting so badly to come back and to have a character that, you know, was recurring. Um, Cause it was so, yeah, like you're saying, it, it's a really intense show, but my character, I think maybe was a teenager. I think she was supposed to be like 18 or 19, but I just found her to be so hopeful and she kind of had this future ahead of her. And I hope, I hope good things happen for her. But I remember when we were filming that day, it also just felt so free. Like everyone really felt, felt not easy, but everyone was kind of operating with an ease, even though the material, very lengthy, long monologues and material for a lot of the characters, but it just felt like they had a rhythm as well, probably because, you know, they've been working on the show for so long. And yeah, it was just, it was a very quick day of shooting for me, but I, I wish I had been able to come back and just be on that set again. Resurrect yeah. that character in a whole spinoff. How about that? Does that yeah. work for you? <laughs> yeah, if I could get a whole spinoff show, that would be. Um, yeah. yeah, people people love that that show so much. I think rightfully so, and, and Breaking Bad, but Better Call Saul feels a bit a bit more light and funny. So yeah, it was it was so much fun to even just do a day and, and be on set. And you also, you've had, it sounds like you've had extraordinary experience on television. You were on an episode of Black Mirror and that was directed by Jodie Foster. Yes. Yeah. That was another just incredible. I feel like I've been really lucky. Like I've gotten to work with some people that I grew up watching and admiring and Jodie Foster is definitely one of them. And I, I just remember auditioning and then I had one callback and everything happened really quickly and then I flew to Canada to to shoot and I, I don't think I had watched much of the show because I don't really watch a lot of psychological thrillers or horrors but when I was auditioning I, I watched a few episodes and was like just terrified and yeah and then I got there and I cut off all my hair because they saw the character it was it was a small role but they just we had a similar vision she was just kind of quirky and the best friend to the, the main character. And I just remember I got to Canada, I chopped off my hair and got bangs and then we were shooting and 
Jodie Foster was directing. And it was just another experience that was should have been stressful because of how big it was for me personally, but wasn't. It was it felt like we were shooting a, a tiny indie film. And yeah, it just felt so like such a kind environment. And yeah, just like with an ease, which is so it's ideal for for filming. It didn't feel like we were tied to to anything. So is there any lesson from your experience with Jodie Foster on that uh, that you take back that you that this that she gave you some some something to take to the next? Definitely. I remember one of the scenes that I was in in that episode. It's just like a walk and talk scene, which are kind of my favorites because I think there's no stagnant energy and, you know, you're not the camera's not in your face and you're just forced to stand on your mark or sit on your mark. And I remember seeing her behind the camera and she was sort of walking and and like running with us and just had so much excitement and energy for the scene. And I remember her coming up to us and just telling us to, reminding us to be free and to be kids. And like, we're just walking and don't feel like we shouldn't feel tied to any movement. And I think she was kind of showing us behind the camera like how free we could be because she was, if I'm remembering correctly, she was like jumping up and down. She was like so excited about the energy of the scene. And I, I think about how free I felt just in that small scene a lot, actually. So I, I feel like I took, took away that lesson of just letting it flow and kind of um, she just felt so excited or seemed so excited to, to be shooting that. So I, yeah, I have that image in my head a lot of that day of her directing that scene. How about Little Women? Yes. We're starring with Meryl Streep, Emma Watson, and a great cast, Greta Gerwig directing. Tell me about the Little Women audition and your experience on Little Women. Yeah. So Little Women. Were you a little, were you a little, had you read the book before? I read the book and also one of my favorite movies ever is the little women with Monona Ryder and, and Claire Danes and Kirsten Dunn like it, that. I've seen that movie so many times. I listened to the soundtrack of that movie. So I was, it felt like I'd been preparing for the next little women kind of my whole life. And that audition process, I, I sent in a tape and then I think I sent in one more tape for a callback. It, it was, it was pretty quick. I think because they were shooting quickly and and moving at a fast pace. And it was just the most incredible experience because I think I'd been such a fan of the movie. So I, you know, even for the wardrobe fitting, I I get to try on all the the corsets and the costumes. And what was that like? I mean, are the corsets, like, were they, did they make them true to form from that time period? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Everything was so detailed and, and, true to the time. And yeah, the corset fittings were, it took a couple hours. So it was very, they really wanted to get it right. And yeah, I just remember walking into the the costume. I think they had an entire floor for um, all of the, the wardrobe and just the most beautiful pieces and dresses and, and gloves, everything beautifully embroidered. And yeah, so it was just kind of a dream come true to to do that because I had been such a fan of the movie and also of of Greta I and everyone in that cast I mean it was just like if you ask I feel like most actors who you want to work with 
that that movie has so many icons. And yeah, I, I remember walking to a dressing room one day and I just saw Meryl Streep sitting on a couch, you know, lounging, but she's in this beautiful gown, just was like, hello, and so sweet. But I, you know, it's hard not to to freak out. And it just felt so surreal, like every day of, of filming that movie for, for so many reasons. Yeah, it was incredible. Tell me about your character in Little Women. So it was a small role, but I felt as though my, my scene, both of my scenes were with Emma Watson's character. So Meg, the oldest sister. And I felt this kind of energy. I, I felt like I wanted, my character wanted her character to feel included because I could sense a nervousness. And so it was fun to play her because I think my character was just very sweet and wanted, wanted everyone to have a good time at this party and, and to feel included and safe and happy. So it was kind of fun to work from, from that place of, of um, wanting to befriend everyone. It was nice too, because my scenes take place at this big ball and party. So there was sort of an energy throughout the entire room that was, everyone just felt like they were like buzzing and my character just got to, to celebrate and have fun and be light and airy, which I don't feel like I've, I've gotten to play a lot. So it felt, it was, it was like a new experience for me to play a role that's just light and happy. <laughs> this was a, a kind of a different take on Little Women and it was probably more spirited than ever before. And, you know, we, we can make parallels between Life Today and Louisa May Alcott's original novel. When you were meeting with the other cast members, was there a lot of preparation in your mindset for your character? What was the ambiance of that in creating the little women atmosphere? I think it was probably different for for everyone and every character. Um, And also, you know, the cast so many of the cast members have been working for so long and, and been a part of huge movies and successful projects. So I, and some people, you know, it was some of their first films. It was one of my first very big films. So it, it was nice because everyone was coming from a different background and experiences, but it was also very clear that everyone wanted to get it, to get it right and to understand the world and to really commit to their characters so, yeah, I think it was, it was clear and, and in every department, you know, the, the costume department, the makeup, the hair, everyone was so detailed. And I think that was, that was the energy through set. And I know Greta really created such a beautiful world and also did make it timely and, and new. And there were so many elements that she did take from the old movie, but managed to completely create a new take on these characters. So yeah, I think I think everyone just naturally gravitated towards the project and it was meant to be. And it, it was the people that really cared about the book and the first movie and these characters who are brilliant and love each other so much and have so much to give to the world. And that's kind of who was also a part of the movie, I found, like everyone I met. What was most challenging about being in that film? Mm, probably... Well, I think because I had been such a big fan of the movie, I it's always harder, I, 
I feel like when you love a project so much, it's almost harder to, um, even the audition process, it becomes much more intense when you have any emotion tied to it. So for me, I, I think I was just putting pressure on myself because I loved the movie so much. And also I think it was because I admire Greta so much. That that was another part that was nerve wracking for me, just, just meeting her and, and working with her. I just wanted to make a good impression. And What's something that you learned from her? That you, t- you, know, you, you talked about what you took away from Jodie Foster, another great director. What did you take away from your time on Little Women? I think with just how big the project is um, and how much anticipation there was surrounding the project, I kind of expected to walk into a, an environment that was sort of stressful, um, which I have in the past. When the project is bigger and there's more there are more eyes on the project. And that wasn't really the case at all. I think similar to my experience with Jodie Foster, where it did, there was just this excitement and this pure joy of making a movie. And I think that that was the energy that I was getting from Greta was that even though, you know, it's week two of making this massive movie and, and people are already excited to see it because of Greta and the cast and the story, it just felt like I was walking into a small, intimate film and set. And I think, yeah, I, I just remember being kind of taken by her energy when I was filming because it was just almost relaxed and like she knew exactly what she was going to do. So there was nothing to to really stress about because she is so specific and is right, you know, her writing is so detailed and she knows these characters so well. So it almost felt like she was letting the actors take over at a certain point. And yeah, it just felt like, Oh, okay. We're here. We know everyone knows their job. We're just going to, to perform and, and enjoy this because we all want to be there and, and enjoy it. And I just, yeah, she was so incredibly kind and giving and patient. You just, yeah, just like an incredible person to work with. So what's next for you? I know that you're also a singer and songwriter, right? Yeah. Um, Tell me about that. What type of music? So I love, I love listening to folk music and I guess like indie rock, mostly folk. And that's kind of what I play and what I write. And yeah, I've been writing kind of my whole life, just mostly just for fun, you know, poetry. And then I also like to sing. So it just naturally... I'll just put writing to music and I I mostly play with friends and I'm hoping to, my dream is to be in a musical movie where I could combine. How about Broadway? And or Broadway. Yeah. I mean, I grew up doing a lot of theater, so I definitely have, and I haven't done it in so long. So I have, I feel like I still have the theater bug and I just can't really dance very well. So sometimes musical theater is tricky, but there are plays that are, um, have you ever seen Once, the musical? Or oh my gosh, that's just so beautiful. So something like that where it's, um, you know, there isn't much movement involved, I think is ideal, but yeah, I think movie musical or Broadway, it would be, yeah, be incredible. I'm hoping that's what's next because I do love to, to sing and I love music or Almost Famous is, you know, just a movie surrounded with the world of music, I think is kind of what I would, I would love to do. That'd be like a dream project. So Broadway is, you have not conquered Broadway yet. 
No, I have not. I no, I've been Abby the Conqueror. Yeah, yeah, that would be a that's a good twenty twenty three mantra to have. Um, but no, I I also feel. I guess, you know, people in LA do move to New York for, for plays. And that's also kind of, I've never lived in New York, but I've always been looking for an excuse to be in New York for, you know, months on end and, and work there. And cause I, I do love, I do love working in New York. So hopefully, hopefully something comes up for, for Broadway. <laughs> I, hope up. I hope we have lots of Broadway producers listening. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So circling back to your latest film, why should an audience, why should we go see it? Yes. Oh, well, I think if you're a night fan or a horror fan, that's definitely a big, a big reason to go see it. And even if you aren't, I know my, my mom is not a big horror fan, but she's, she's going to see it because I'm, you know, in it. And I think, I think even if that's not your typical genre, there's so many moments of, this beautiful relationship that the film centers around that is really just so beautiful and and heartfelt and endearing. And I I think that's a part of the film and it's about family. It's about loss. And it's also such an anxious and anxiety inducing film and sort of just feels like a sprint for, for two hours. So it'll, it's, it's a visceral experience and I, I think does, it does it does it like you feel it in your chest? Yes, yes, yeah. I, I saw it last week for the first time, and again, I am scared. But like, my I was plugging my ears and closing my eyes for various moments, and then also really kind of, you did, and you knew what was going to happen. Oh yeah, I knew, I knew exactly when everything was going to happen, um, and was still doing that. So I imagine people who don't know what's going to happen will be pretty scared, and and then I was also kind of crying for different moments, which I wasn't expecting. It was just so, there's so many moments that registered for me at a, on a different level when I was actually seeing it on screen. And the score is so beautiful and the acting is incredible. And yeah, I, I think no matter what, this film has every beat and every emotion. So I feel like it'll, it'll reach many audiences, hopefully. And I hope people enjoy it. And when does it open? Beginning of February. Yeah. So beginning of February, Make yes. sure you see Knock at the Cabin. Yes. Sorry, Abby Quinn. <laughs> and um, be prepared for a range of emotions. Yes. Yes. I should start saying that. Those. <laughs> that would be the recording that I took. Yeah. A range of emotions. Thanks, everyone, for tuning into this week's episode of Hollywood at Home with the Creative Coalition featuring Abby Quinn. For more information about the Creative Coalition, visit our website at thecreativecoalition.org or visit our social media. That's at The Creative Coalition on TikTok and Instagram and at The Creative C on Twitter.